You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Three Mall. Hello and welcome into another edition of Three Ma. I am John Kurtz, joined as always by Derek Young from K-State Online and the Grinch who stole K-State Athletics here today. Uh, on the show as always, it is brought to you by 360 Vodka and Ben Holiday Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Of course, from our friends at Holiday Distillery. I'm sure the Grinch uh, would enjoy throwing some of those back. I'm not sure how exactly it fits through said mask, but you know, you could figure out some way. I know he's breathing, so there's some way to get something in there. And if you can... Sure, it would be Ben Holiday bottled in Bond Bourbon or 360 Vodka to uh, to make that happen. So get stocked up. K-State Hoops coming up on Sunday. You're going to want to have that for a nice nice little Sunday matinee basketball game against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And uh, hey, we're not too far out from the Pop-Tarts Bowl. So I think I saw somebody on social media yesterday was doing a, like a booze pairing with different Pop-Tarts. So... Hopefully they got uh, worked in their Ben Holiday bottled in Bond Bourbon and 360 Vodka with all of those choices. Today we're going to talk a lot of football, a little bit of basketball as we look ahead to uh, K-State Nebraska, but basketball has encompassed a lot of attention with the Naquan Tomlin situation, Richard Litton, everything that's been happening there. So football has been out of the spotlight a little bit. And to be honest, like under normal circumstances, we would probably be talking a ton about football and freaking out a little bit about football and everything that has happened with Colin Klein leaving, the portal numbers climbing. Last night, I saw K-State had the second most number of, of transfer portal entries of anybody in the Big 12 to this point. And so I know a lot of people have been have been very nervous about this, have been very scared off by this. I guess let's start there. I mean, look, Kobe Savage was the latest to hit the portal. He is reportedly visiting Oregon and Washington this weekend. So he is another guy that's been fairly highly sought after, Nate Matlack. Another guy from that defense has been in the portal. He's had some solid offers. Uh, Will Lee committed to Texas A&M, actively using his family members to try and recruit against K-State on, on Twitter. Um, it, Will Howard obviously is in the portal. I'm trying to think, are there other, is there a, another significant contributor that I'm missing there? Okay, Treshawn Ward. So you're really... Here, that's where I'm going to start this conversation. Is like people look at the overall number, which was at like 18 or 19, and start to freak out about it. But if you really break it down, I mean, it's like five guys that were legitimate contributors, and I think Will Howard is somebody most are okay with with passing on, as you have the Avery Johnson era starting. So you're down to like four legitimate contributors there, and I'm not saying that these guys don't hurt because it does, but I I would stop short of calling this some kind of crazy mass exodus you know i mean a couple of the guys in the portal were quarterbacks that were knew they were going to be behind avery johnson and just never play right i mean so there, there's a lot of situations like that that make make everything look scarier and people still aren't as used to what the portal is like in college football these days but still kobe's like nate malak's a kansas guy he grew up a k-state fan uh kobe savage is a dude who was vocal about being one of the leaders of that defense um you know willie really highly touted prospect last year i don't know that Anybody's going to say he was a necessarily a high culture guy after watching the Iowa State game, but you know, I digress. He was a pretty talented dude. What, where do you assess where things are at with all of that right now, DY? Yeah, I don't really worry as much about the eighteen or nineteen thing because I do think three or four of those are walk-ons, and some of those are still 
because I think they do a 12 month cycle from prior. I think the numbers probably more accurately 14 or 15. Uh, when you really look at it, a chunk of those were probably encouraged. So that's where I fall off on the whole quantity thing as well. And like I said, it's those five or six players as a whole, you can, you can't, you can make an argument that you're losing a lot of production and you're losing a lot of snaps and, and experience. And, and you definitely are, but like you, and just because you can explain each of them away in isolation doesn't mean it's exactly ideal either. So I kind of took the line of, of where this is at because in the case of Will Howard, it kind of had to be a split because it kind of has to be the Avery Johnson era right now. In the case of Treshawn Ward, he probably didn't get the touches or the usage that he was hoping for because the number one uh, clearly was DJ Giddens for most of the year. Even if you want to throw in RJ Garcia, he went from starter and a guy I talked about a lot at the beginning of the season to by the end of the year, he was having a hard time getting on the field altogether. Named Matlack, a guy with a lot of production and a lot of snaps. But if we want to be honest, he wasn't even a starter. Uh, Kobe Savage, that's the one that's probably the hardest to explain away because he was a definite starter with a lot of snaps and a lot of production and a guy that was a perceived leader on the team, right? And then you have Will Lee, who is probably the most talented cornerback in the room. I say probably. He is the most talented cornerback in the room. But technically... Both of Keenan Garber and Jake, Jacob Parrish got like the same amount of snaps as he did, so they'll be ready. They're going to need depth there now, or maybe another dude. But so you can explain all these away in isolation, but when you put them all together, I can see the concern, and I'm not going to tell people how to feel. I just don't think it's they're in a complete terrible spot uh, because of the way that this has played out. But at the same time, because they were stunned and did fight back on a couple of these, mainly I think Kobe Savage, Nate Matlack. I think there probably wasn't time for them to prepare for for this kind of exodus because some of those cases they didn't foresee happening. Um, and I, then I think you have another one here that could unfold in a similar way in Brendan Mott as well. So they, they have more heavy lifting to do on the recruiting trail and through the transfer portal than what I think that they were anticipating. But we can say they, they didn't they didn't really fight hard on Will Lee, Treshawn Ward, or Will Howard, correct? No, I don't believe so. I think those situations they understood were going to happen. Yeah. Well, uh or Grinch. <laughs> Grinch, what uh what what does all this look like to you from the uh, Ivory Tower and Anderson Hall? Well, well, well. It is great to be with my three favorite podcasters on Three Mall. Um, you know, I would just, uh, I would echo what DY said and that really the only guy that they fought hard to keep up until the Kobe, Sa- Kobe Savage entrance into the portal was Nate Matlack. It was all really a mutual understanding on some of the other guys. And then w- we knew some of these other guys that were backups were going to enter the portal and it made sense. And it was, it was mutually reached to that conclusion. So the only two that really sting because we know the staff would have liked to keep them was Kobe Savage and Nate Malak. Kobe Savage had told the staff he was coming back. He didn't walk on senior day. He was planning to return. Something happened over the last week. Cha-ching, cha-ching, uh, in all likelihood. And uh, 
you know, it, uh, he's, he's moving on and, uh, Oregon was in Manhattan recruiting him yesterday, had a, uh, a source on the spot that, uh, saw Oregon's defensive coordinator in Manhattan visiting with Kobe Savage. So a report came out from on three that Kobe is going to visit Washington and Oregon, uh, over the next few days. So look, that one, that one does sting. Um, and then Nate Matlack, just because you're going to have a lack of returning depth, the defensive end at this point. And, and if Brendan Mott chooses to move on, which there's a pretty good chance of occurring, as DY has said, then you're going to have to go land a transfer defensive end, and you're going to have to hope that Jordan Allen, Chidi, Obi Izor, and other young players in the program step up. It's pretty pretty good analysis for uh, for a, a guy that's busy well, trying to steal. You know, <laughs> you know, I I really I, I've gotten into football up on the on my snowflake up there, uh, you know, watching things from afar, and uh, you know, I just uh, I love Kansas State. So, yeah. Well, if we could get your if we could get your heart to grow a couple sizes. Uh, it seems like that would that would help everybody. You know, that's working with you uh, quite a bit. If you could you could get that heart to expand, please. Well, I'll, I'll I'll do my best. So you know, as the movie plays out, my heart does grow. So, yeah. Okay. This well, mask is for- really this mask is so hot, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, feel free to take it off, and no. let's hope that the Let's I gotta stay. Ahead. I got I gotta stay in character. You know, Vanessa loves this. So, <laughs> hi, hi, honey. Hi, Vanessa. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, that heart can grow by uh, late March, early April. That would uh, that would really help out if that could happen. Um, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, look, I, I echo most of those thoughts. Like, it's you can you can believe it's not like any of these were like a you know, total, total bomb that went off and blew everything up, but you can only bleed out so long before you need something to stop the bleeding. So, you know, we talked about this the other day, guys. I, well, I think it was Cole. I said, like, Hey, they have time, right? I mean, the border, you still got some time and there's another portal window, but then Cole was like, well, no, with the holidays, you really don't have all that much time. Like how, how much of a time crunch are they in here? DUI to make sure that they're filling all these needs in the portal over the next couple of weeks. Time, not necessarily a time crunch because the the portal window is for people to enter and not necessarily to make choices. Obviously, you'd like to have them, you know, on campus for spring football. So by spring, the beginning of spring semester, you got to have some of these guys locked in. And you already got one in Easton Guilty, the off the line transfer from North Dakota, and they had three visitors last weekend. One was a another one was a junior college team with alignment, and Malcolm Alcorn Crowder from Butler Community College. I think at least seven visitors this weekend and um, a lot of them being transferred. Don't know the identities of all of them, but another busy weekend. So they're really attacking it. So John, I, I misspoke then. No, I'm sorry. I uh, it, You have until January 3rd to enter the portal, right, DY? But you can choose. Yeah, January is the second. It's, it's that first week of January, but you can go, you can select your new school up until the spring semester starts at least, right? Or even mid middle in the spring semester. Middle, heck, they're probably going to add transfers that don't arrive in middle June, right? Yeah. So, so I, I told you wrong, John. I'm sorry. They, they do have time. You know, it's just a matter of guys that enter the portal. Uh, what a Grinch mistake. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's okay. Happens to the best of us. Um, happens to the best of us. 
where, where are the most pressing needs right now then DYM? What do you know about visitors that, that may be coming in? What are you able to tell us there before we get to case they did, as I say, they need to stop the bleeding. They have stopped the bleeding within the last 48 hours with a big transfer and a big, uh, high school commitment. But, uh, as yeah, far as what the needs are going to be. Yeah. And the high school commit was a four-star wide receiver in tree trade from the state of Texas. So that's pretty big. And I think the last five high school commits have all been flips, uh, some of them from the group of five. So uh, in terms of the transfer portal, the needs are definitely the line of scrimmage. Maybe they're done at offensive line. I, I couldn't tell you. Um, obviously, they got the big one already. I think some services have killed T as the number two tackle in the transfer portal, I want to say. So that's huge. Um, probably not shining enough light on that, to be quite honest, uh, just because of what that can do for them. He's got the versatility to play inside now. I'm um, like, we remember Cooper BB is a three-year starter, so Easton Kelty is going to be huge. But the line of scrimmage is important. I mean, they what they had a Juco D lineman visit last weekend. I think they're going to have two or three more defensive linemen coming up. Because think about it, assuming Brennan Mott is the next to go, you lose all four of your top defensive ends, technically, with Brendan Mott, Nate Matlack, Khalid Duke, and Cody Stuffelby. So your top four defensive ends could all be gone. Uh, Javon Banks was a nose guard for you this year. They'll probably slide to DN and mitigate some of that. But so you're going to need a nose guard. You're going to need two or three DNs in the portal or Juco level, whatever route you choose to go to in terms of finding a transfer. So those pop out, I mean, significantly, you know, blinking red lights, those positions. And, and clearly they're trying to attack the, the wide receiver position. Uh, and I know one of them is already pretty well known. Um, the receiver for New Mexico State, I think he had 10 touchdowns this past year, I want to say. He did. Trent Hudson, yeah. Trent Hudson that is visiting. Not a lot of catches, but he had 10 touchdowns, eight of them in the red zone. So this is a, just a big target that seems to be a red zone guy. And now that we know Kobe Savage is on the way out, you'd have to think that, you know, they were probably fine in the secondary. Maybe you want a corner. Maybe you want a safety. I know they like Justice James to a supplement. Keenan Garber and Jacob Pierce fairly well. On uh, is Kenigel Thomas going to be ready next year? If he is, maybe they don't have to go portal corner, but portal safety seems like something they might have to do. And I think receiver, to your point, DY, I think receiver is a pretty big need at this point. I think they need multiple yeah. transfers. I mean, they, yeah. they they get the two high school kids and Trey Davis and, and Spradley Dimps, who are really good gets, and we'll we can talk about them more. But I think they need a couple of veteran guys to come in because you're losing Philip Brooks who led the team from your wide receiver position this year. R.J. Garcia is moving on. Xavier Lloyd, I know he was a walk-on, but he did get a few snaps. Seth Porter's gone. Shane Porter moves on. I know he's a walk-on. But you just don't, outside of Keegan Johnson and Jace Brown, you don't have a lot of proven production returning at receiver. Uh, I know they have a lot of high hopes for Trey Spivey, and we would expect him to be in the mix, potentially even in the bowl game here. Uh, but uh, you definitely have to land some bodies there. So Trent Hudson, that's a starting point. 550 yards last year at New Mexico State, junior college player that came from Trinity Community College. He had almost 800 yards in his last season at Trinity before he went over to New Mexico State. And as you mentioned, 10 touchdowns. He had 112 yards receiving on seven grabs and two touchdowns against Liberty in their conference championship game. Liberty, obviously, is going to the New Year's Six because they didn't lose a game this year good team, although Liberty played one of the weakest schedules in the country. But to that point, 
you know, Trent Hudson would be a, a nice starting point to land at wide receiver, a bigger body, six foot three, 180, 185 pounds. So it gives you some length, uh, probably at outside boundary receiver. And then they probably want a slot guy. You know, I think the the Utah receiver, I believe it's Mikey Matthews is a guy that they've looked at, but he may go to Arizona. He took a visit to Arizona over the last week. And uh, I believe I read a report that he's talking to Boise State and K-State uh, today or tomorrow as well, but I don't know if he's even going to take a visit. He was a guy that was mentioned to me a couple weeks ago to keep an eye on. He's a slot guy. That's more of like that 5'8 type wide receiver, smaller guy, uh, a little more quick, young player. Had 261 yards at Utah last year. Uh, and then there's there's the Kelly kid out of uh, Josh, is it Josh Kelly, D.Y. out of Washington that's, State. I don't think that's going to happen. You don't think so? Okay. My heart just decreased in size again. Thank you. <laughs> great, great work, D.Y. Great work. All right. Well, K-State did get, as we mentioned, uh, a, a couple of nice commitments here in the last couple of days. Number two offensive tackle in the portal and uh, four-star receiver, top 300 kid out of the state of Texas. And we will get to that in just a moment. But those of you that are watching online, I'm sure what you've noticed, if you have uh, tuned in on YouTube here, is, uh, of course, one of the three of us is, is dressed quite well today. And that is me in my home field apparel hoodie uh, that I have on right now, which uh, you can grab at homefieldapparel.com. And you can get uh, 15% off if it's your first order with promo code 3 23 uh, Christmas coming up. If it's not for you, what about the Wildcat friends in your life? Make sure to get to homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code 3 23 to get 15% off your first order. You can get whatever school it is that you want. DY today is actually wearing K-State, but we've seen Hawaii. We've seen Northern Iowa. We've seen Ole Miss. We've seen all sorts of different schools there. They have 100-plus on the site. They have 40-plus K-State designs. It is the place to go to get your K-State gear, homefieldapparel.com. And uh, we are back in just a moment. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Okay, so the, the Grinch is gone. Now the Grinch left. Now I'm just now I'm just jolly. So I was dying in there. It was really hot. Santa. Santa has appeared, apparently. Well, I don't know. I don't have I don't have, I don't have the beard. So Okay. All right. Just I'm, I'm glad that I, I am trying to lift people's spirits. It has been a trying time over the last few uh few days. So Whatever we can do to get a laugh, you know, I mean, Vanessa is probably going to check me into somewhere after all this, but uh, she caught me wearing this on our, uh, I was recording a quick video on our Patreon page last week and she walked by the office and saw me dressed like that. And I think she, she's worried about me after the way things have gone. So why does this costume exist in the first place? I bought it to scare all the neighborhood kids a couple years ago on Amazon. So, <laughs> Okay. That's, that's I actually, I, I I actually bought it to scare my own children, um, and it was it was like a hundred dollar costume. It was one of the top rated Grinch costumes, so I bought it. Vanessa absolutely hates it. I'm surprised she hasn't thrown it in the trash, but she doesn't know where I hide it. So I have a secret yeah. hiding spot. So that's that's the backstory. That's good. That's good. Um, Easton Kilty DUI is uh, the number two offensive tackle in the transfer portal. He is a former North Dakota. Offensive lineman, but uh, definitely fulfills a need for the Wildcats on this offensive line. Imagine this is going to be plug-and-play starter. You certainly hope so, anyway. But he had offers from Texas A&M, Texas Tech, Arkansas, Oklahoma State, Auburn, Mississippi State, NC State, Purdue, Iowa State. So a, a laundry list of uh, of Power Five suitors here. K State wins this battle, and it was that was the first the first domino to fall after you had all these different paper cuts that were coming in the way of the the transfers that had hit the portal so far. So uh, the significance of of getting Kiltley here out of the portal. It's big. I already touched on it a little bit, but you're talking about a three year starter with the versatility to play inside and out. That is one of the best offensive line transfers in the entire country. As we all know, it is tough to get offensive alignment, quality offensive alignment in the transfer portal because it's such a need and. And it's in high demand. Everybody's chasing it. And and typically that drives, quite frankly, the price up. And it could really be hard to get your hands on one. But So this is huge for Kansas State to be able to do so. As the immediate starter, um, I can't tell you. It's probably way too early to speculate on that. Uh, you would think that he's got the talent and the ability to work his way into that. It's just hard to know how the pieces of the puzzle are going to fit. You're going to have Carver Wills back, obviously, but John Pastore is ascending in the interior your offensive line. That they've you you got to figure out what you're going to do with the center spot first, and then be able to kind of maneuver and put the guys in place that you want to. But you're anticipating to have what Taylor Portier, Andrew Langang, and and Hadley Panzer. So are all three of your interior pieces lined up there? I don't know because they like Sam Heck at center as well. Carver Wills has played a lot. John Pastore is not. Does that just mean Kilty just walks right into left tackle? Those are things that will probably be ironed out during the spring, but it definitely gives Kansas State a bit more experience, a bit more depth that they're probably lacking, at least proven depth, because you lose your entire offensive line, essentially, besides Panzer and Portier. And, and you got some... The way that he can kind of do what Cooper Beebe did for the Wildcats and play... Basically, every position on the offensive line but center, um, that enables you to kind of work a combination to make sure you get your best five on the field. Do you think they move Carver Willis out to left tackle, D.Y.? Would they toy with that next year? 
I don't know. I, it seems like uh, he really got comfortable at right tackle too. So. Yeah, you don't want to mess with a good thing where you know you might be solid. Um, yeah, I mean, I we know they love John Pastore and just haven't gotten to see him play really any meaningful snaps. So, you know, I, I, I like having swing offensive linemen though that can play guard, can play tackle, uh, like Cooper Beebe, and, and I'm not comparing him to that, but you know, I think that's that's a really beneficial ad. How, how many Power Five offers did he get when he entered the portal? It was it was more than a dozen, right? Well, John already listed. Oh, I just ran it off. Did you? All right, all right. Sorry, my apologies. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen that are listed in the uh, the article from uh, Good Old K State Online. All right. Well, good work, K State Online. There's some quality right. people over there. I've heard they're pretty plugged in. They are. They're really good at what they do. Check them out. So, uh, so yeah, I like I like the addition. Do you think they take one more offensive lineman, Dy? That's the question because if you start doing that, then does do you make some others in that room a little nervous? So you got to be careful. They they got to read the pulse and the temperature of the room. The things that I mean, I will like. I'm all for the players having these options, but like it is, you think about everything that goes into a coach's job these days, uh, with, with the options that everybody has available to it. Like that, that's crazy. That's a part of the calculus, right. but yeah, you gotta, yeah. you gotta be like psychologist a little bit here and yeah. read, read the temperature of your room. Yeah. Like, cause if you get another tackle, then all of a sudden do you, but since you have Kilty, do you kind of worry about the story or will seeing the right, do you know what I mean? They were like, yeah, I don't know about this. Now there's four guys that are going to play, and Pistorius like I was fourth last year and I didn't play. Yeah, and then a guard or an interior guy. You got line gang, Panzer, Portier. What are you going to do? Play ten linemen every game? I don't think so. So you got to uh, be careful. We, we've heard so much buzz since Andrew Line Gang got to Kansas State. I, I just I hope he hits the ceiling that they have thought going into year four next year. And then you know I'll be really interested with a guy like Taylor Portier. Because he's coming back a year removed, another year removed from the knee injuries. Is is he stronger? Is he more comfortable? And back to the player that we thought when he got in in his second or third year in the program. So I'm really, really excited to see what Taylor Portier can do another year removed from those injuries as well. All right, on the high school front, we we have also already mentioned this, but uh, Trey Davis, the latest commitment for the Wildcats coming on Tuesday. Four-star receiver, according to uh, on three top three hundred prospect, one of the uh, top. What? Where was he at? Wide receiver wise, DY. I'm gonna screw this up. I'm looking at 76. 76 is what it looks like according to on three uh, top one hundred player in the state of Texas. At one time committed to uh, Washington State, but K State now has two two four-star wide receiver commits in this high school class, which is very promising. Obviously, to to pair with Avery Johnson and hope that that's going to be something that we see come to fruition but how big of a get was this not only just to boost everybody's spirits based on what was going on but uh in practicality with uh with the offense moving forward yeah you, you want good receivers now you according to on three you have and i think they're the only ones that have ranked these two as such but they have Jaquiz bradley demps and trey davis both as four stars and i think 76 might be the industry ranking which is a combination of the four networks but i think on three specifically had trey davis and spryly dense both in the 40s in the receiver rankings and both in the top 300 so just from a ranking standpoint if you really want to give some life to the on three rankings and 
you know, I've heard those guys are pretty good as well. I I think you know if you're you're getting two really good prospects. They should you should at least be excited about the upside. Does not mean they are absolutely going to be dudes and they can still stumble, but you'd rather them be ranked highly than not. Yeah, um, I I thought on three might have screwed up the Avery Johnson rating, but uh, I think they've been really solid with Trey Davis and Bradley Dimps. So they have uh, they have Bradley Dimps at the two hundred seventy fifth ranked player in the country. Remember what how big it used to be? Like if you got like a a rivals two fifty guy or one of those guys in the top two fifty. You know, Spradley Demps is number 275 in the country, according to On3 specifically, the number 46 player at wide receiver by position, and then the number 44 player in the state of Texas. And then Trey Davis is the number 278th player in the country, according to On3 specifically, the number 47 receiver, and the number 45 player in the state of Texas. So uh, two nice ads Trey Davis, six foot one, Spradley Demps, six one. So, you know, decent size there, good speed. Good additions. Now you're going to land a couple transfer receivers to come in, but you start to see a, a young, a, a nice nucleus of young receivers in the program with a Trey Spivey, a Jace Brown, and then Trey Davis and Spradley Dimps coming in. So you've got back to back nice classes of, of, you know, prep receivers. A couple other things I'll mention here on the football front: uh, Ben Sinnott officially declared for the drafts. Philip Brooks put out a message. Now, he didn't have eligibility left, but saying he's declaring for the draft, which, you know, you take that to mean not not playing in the bowl game. So we anticipate not not seeing either of those guys in the bowl game, which is, comes as no surprise, uh, certainly, if you've been listening to to this show or paying attention. And, uh, you know, wish nothing but the best to both. And Ben Sinnott will have a chance to be uh, a decently high draft pick in, uh, in this upcoming NFL draft. But anything else, um, either on that or on the bowl front, as, as we're heading, what, we got 16 days, a little over two weeks away from, from K-State's bowl game? Probably just going to see a lot of young players. could be fun to watch and see and get a taste of what's to come. Obviously, with Ben Sinnott sitting out, you're going to get a heavy dose of Garrett Oakley, for example. And we expect Connor Riley to be the OC. I think we've talked about that for the bowl game, at least. And if he does well, we think there's a good shot that he's the offensive coordinator permanently. Is that right, D.Y.? The quarterback coach piece of that, though, that's the – I mean, how tough will it be to get a quarterback coach and or offensive coordinator if if you feel like things don't work out after the bowl game? You're going to have to get one or the other late in the process. That's that's the part of this that I'll be honest, I just – I really don't like um, w- with how quickly everything moves these days and trying to recruit players and, you know, like I, they're trying to get transfer receivers and I just keep thinking, like, what are they telling them about the offensive coordinator? Like, what – I mean – Maybe for these guys, the position coach just matters that much more, and it's hey, have Middleton just just handle everything there. But uh, I don't know. I would that would be a question I would have if I were a receiver. Like, what what the hell are you guys actually doing at at offensive coordinator? Because they can't offer the they can't offer a quarterback coach right dy until they know if Connor Riley is going to be the permanent guy. Because if they choose not to go with Connor Riley, they're going to have to hire an OC that may be the quarterback coach too. And coupled as that, yeah, no, you spelled it out. Perfectly. I th- I think it's probably going to be Connor Riley at the end of the day. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. Because I think they've kind of told others that, you know, he's more than likely going to be the coordinator, and he was on the staff last year, so it's going to be the same system. So if they want to know what Kansas State's going to look like as an offense, it's going to be the one it looked like this past year. I think that's probably what they're telling people. And, you know, position coach doesn't matter a lot in terms of 
kind of trusting the guy that you're going to put your career in. But offense coordinator-wise, they're probably saying it's going to be the, you know, Connor, who's been on the staff, so nothing's changing. You talk about a lot on that guy's plate, coaching an entire offensive line, five starters, and then running the offense too. So that's a lot. And he's always been a guy that's been on the sideline, I believe, so he's probably going to have to go up in the booth, I would think, unless he entrusts LePac and, and others to talk down to him in the headset and tell him what, what's he, what they're seeing. I don't know. It's going to be a really interesting dynamic. Are we thinking, D.Y., they're going to retain everybody at this point on the staff? Middleton, LePac, still? Okay. Well, I mean, I, I haven't heard anything about Middleton, so I think he's fine. I mean, I don't think he was ever like a liability not that i've heard obviously something could happen tomorrow and change my mind right uh college football um storylines new cycles they last like a minute anymore and the next minute you're wrong so um never say never um haven't heard anything imminent then that's the best i, I could tell you in terms of Connor riley going up at the booth going on, on the sideline offensive line coach kind of has to be on the sideline um so I would imagine he'd actually stay on the sideline. But there's a lot of head coaches that call plays, so I don't see the how that's Yeah. Do you do you think it's odd that we've never seen a statement from Chris Kleiman or even I don't think Texas A and M's officially announced Colin Klein. And, I it the other day. There was not an official announcement for Texas A&M yet. And not that I, not that we're trying to say there's... No, no. <laughs> I, I, but it's, just, it's been bizarre how all of it has been handled, yes. Yeah, yeah. A&M has never formally announced Klein. And then K-State has never made any sort of formal statement on what, you know, Colin Klein leaving, what the plan is moving forward, interim offensive coordinator, et cetera. Chris Kleiman hasn't had any sort of media or anything along those lines. Yeah, I, think the, the, I think the plan was to have something this Friday is what I was just told not long ago so and when this happened last time he waited till he had his press conference hard to schedule a press conference when you're on the road every day yeah Yeah, he's definitely got a lot of priorities that he's trying to juggle right now him and the entire coaching staff so it's um, it's not a good i mean mean, like that's why i haven't complained that there hasn't been a press early when do you want him to hold a press conference he's not in manhattan (laughs) right no i'd rather i think we'd all rather him be out recruiting for the uh the next next year's team i just uh it's interesting to me that they they haven't done that it's interesting to me that texas a&m's never formally announced him i'm not trying to indicate or hint that something could fall through there by any means like john said but yeah i just find that that all of note um i I also wonder guys if if the the cost like colin klein was gonna make almost a million dollars like i i don't know what they're gonna pay connor riley but i would imagine it won't be at that level can they use some of that savings, sprinkle it toward the quarterback coach that they really want? Because the quarterback coach is of ultra importance with Avery Johnson. So you really need to get the guy, if it is Connor Riley as OC, you need to do everything you can to get the guy at quarterback's coach. And I think we have an idea of who they may target there. And, you know, they're going to probably have to throw some money that way. I went to the Texas a site just to see if he's listed and – like they have a, a story about Mike Elko being head coach and have the video of his introductory press conference, but technically on their coaching staff page, they still has Elijah Robinson as the interim head coach. Uh, so all right. they haven't really updated anything, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's I was just waiting for the video of Colin, you know, rah, rah, swaying, doing that dumb shit that they do. They're <laughs> fake soldiers there at, at Texas A&M. I was, I was waiting for that, but we haven't gotten to see that yet. That could, that could be a skit. That could be a skit that we do. You just want to sway with me? 
Come on, let's go. 12th man. Well, we I, I think we 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 probably need to create a I'm not I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to participate. <laughs> so, um we probably need to think about would you stop swaying? Gosh. Uh <laughs> Uh, probably need to think of a skit that we can do to mock A&M and, uh, you know, with their whole yell leader, midnight yell thing that those guys do. Can you imitate it, John? Um, what do they do? Like, uh, rock, rock, the good ag told us back in 1912 that Mississippi state's a bunch of hillbillies. I don't know. And then what do they do? They're like, like they do like some like dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Yeah. We should start incorporating that into everything we say on the pod. Like, D.Y. makes a great point. Whoop! Yeah. <laughs> That's not bad. That's not uh, bad. If only we didn't have day jobs, you know? Yeah, I know, man. Hey, Texas a fans might find Fremont. You know, let's see if we can irritate another one. But I hate oh, those yeah. guys. Texas, yes, Texas A&M, a fan base that certainly has a place to talk about embarrassing videos finding their way onto the internet. It is, it is quite literally never happened to, uh, to Texas A&M. Okay, basketball, you've got Nebraska coming up on Sunday. Uh, I mean, top of the list for me will be, does Richard Linton show up? But outside of that, intrigue in the game with the Cornhuskers. What are we expecting out of uh, Nebraska ball coming to MHK? I, I think he was at a women's basketball game since the last men's game, um, and that was before graduation. I do think he got booed there even. So yeah. um, that I believe. Let's go. Good job, fans. Good job. Women's basketball fans. I thought they might, you know, be a little more chill and laid back. That's good to hear. Right. That's the number 12 team in the country. I was going to say, we're going we're gonna to figure out a way to talk about that. That that team is no, they're, they're, dude, they're Yes, they're incredible. Yes, they're incredible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in terms of that game, uh, Cole probably can dig into the weeds a little bit more. I can't say that I've done a ton of research yet on Nebraska, but what I do know that they were cooking there for a minute, then got blown out by Nebraska, or by Nebraska, they are Nebraska, got blown out by Creighton by 30 at Pinnacle Bank Arena. I think that's what their arena is called in Lincoln. Right. Um, they did respond with the win over Michigan State. Might be more of an indictment on the Spartans right now, who are a little bit of a work in progress, but... They still have that really good guard that you have Kansas State, uh, you know, a handful in the tournament. Yeah, so Michigan State still got some dudes. I think Nebraska is a lot more solid than they typically are, but it's still a game that Kansas State should win, especially with the way that they've played in the last two ball. It's shocking what's happened to Michigan State, not to get off topic, but, I mean, they have Tyson Walker and A.J. Hogard back and Jordan Akins, who hit a ton of big shots against K-State. And and then they got Xavier Booker, who was a top ten player in the country, I believe. Lost. Yeah, he's not does not looking good. And, Mal- and and Malik Hall is back for him, a guy that's been like a fifth year guy that's played a ton. I mean, that the only big guy that they really lost was um, gosh, what is his name? The dude that hit the threes against K State so much in the the game last year, the uh, Hauser. Um, Hauser is like the the one big piece that they lost, but they are really struggling. So Nebraska beats them by seven in Lincoln. I you still mentioned. give uh, I still give Nebraska credit for beating Michigan State. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and so look, Nebraska's sixtieth in Ken Palm. I think that's better than a lot of us thought they would be. They were actually in the forties until the twenty-nine point loss to Creighton. That really hurt their advanced metrics and analytics. Uh, but they they have some pieces, man. Uh, Jawan Gary, really good player. He leads them in scoring, fifty-eight percent from the floor. 35%. He's a transfer from Alabama. Originally, he's like that six foot six, six foot seven, 
you know, can play on the perimeter, can go down low and bang, and then they can land at a transfer by the name of Bryce Williams, who's another six foot seven junior uh, from Charlotte, I believe. Yeah, he's a fourth year guy from Charlotte that uh, averaged 14 points a game last year. He's averaging 14 for him this year. And then Tomiaga, a guy who can shoot the three, K State fans probably saw him last year. Good, uh, a nice shooter. He's more of a scorer for him, not a big guard by any means. I would think Tyler Perry will be able to get open against him. And then, uh, you know, you look at their advanced metrics, they're 29th offensively and can bomb their 126 defensively. So not a good defensive team. Uh, K-State should be able to be able to score the ball against them. Game's already been called a sellout, but the students are on break. Do we think it'll be full still? Yeah, I think they'll probably, what they're going to do, because I think they opened they'll up. Sell like, those tickets, right? Yeah, they're going to probably sell a bunch of GA tickets because I think with the claiming system, the students that are going to go, they have to claim early, even earlier this week than usual, I believe. And so they'll have an idea of approximately how many are going to show up. And then they'll probably sell a bunch of extra GA tickets for uh, an affordable price for families, you know, getting an early start on the holiday break. Potentially, I, I think it'll be a really good crowd. Um, there's not a chance in hell that the president of Kansas State University shows up at that game. So he will not show he will not show himself. So doesn't, when will he? When will he? Does he show up this season? I I don't know. So doesn't, doesn't Mitch, our friend Mitch Fortner, have to read like a line at the very beginning when they're like getting ready to get into starting lineups? That's like you know, welcome to Bramwich Coliseum, da 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 da, and Kansas yeah, State on behalf of President Richard Linton. Yeah. yeah, on behalf of Kansas State University President Richard Linton. So you know, there will at least be a mention of him at some point, I believe. Yeah, but what we think? I would. I mean, I wouldn't pass put it past the guy to take that out. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised in any way if that's you know taken out. I'll to, I'll to text Mitch. What was saying? Because I mean, it, it's it's on behalf of President Richard Lynn and Athletics Director Gene Taylor. Is it now only on behalf of Gene Taylor? Just say on behalf of Gene Taylor and Jerome Tang, we welcome you. So, we'll see. although the reaction from the fans would be interesting. What do we have to pay to get them to say on behalf of uh, the Three Ma podcast? Well, we can ask Mitch uh, what that what that might be. All right, I, think, I guess I think Mitch probably values his job. So I'm well. I was going to pay him to do it. Yeah, but well, yeah. right, at, right. Are you going to pay him enough to make up for all the lost wages that he would get by not being the PA guy anymore? Or? Good point. I guess we. I, you brought it up, yeah, damn it. We think we think long term here. We're not short sighted thinkers. I was just thinking one game. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh man. I gotta get my Wichita State tickets, man. That's gonna be a crazy crowd. John, are you gonna go? Yeah, well, I think when when is it again? I I'm sure our listeners always love us making our travel plans and ticketing plans on the show. Thursday. It's a Thursday, December twenty first. Thursday after this Nebraska. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely try to go unless the tickets are crazy expensive. But yeah, I'll try to go. Well, there's hardly any. There's hardly any left. There's hardly any left. They've already sold over seventeen, eighteen thousand tickets. Well, that's why I know. That's why I said it depends on what I'll see for the, the prices there. I did not act very fast on that. I'm not. I'm still getting used to being a fan thing. You know, dy the prices. John John's just gonna float on the next pod. Hey, anyone have any extra tickets? And somebody will DM him. And he'll have oh, tickets. Hell, what are you doing now? Yeah, hey, get Cole. You do you have tickets yet, Cole? You I don't, don't have tickets. I don't. 
right, please, please, get, please help. Get us some tickets. Get us like a block of what do you need? Brody's going, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, he'll be. Uh, Vanessa even acted interested in going to this one. So I'm going to wear the Grinch. I'm going to wear the Grinch costume to the game with her. I bet I don't have to cover it from the hockey press box either. Yeah. Well, as you said, a shot at Mr. Goldmark. Well, but you, but you are DY going to have to cover uh, Big 12 Media Day from uh, Las Vegas next year. So yeah, which some people are excited about, but I was like, I was just in Vegas. I like, I didn't have to go again. Like, I'm not a Vegas guy, so I it does it does nothing for me, and I don't love that they're just like waving the white flag on Dallas as soon as the SEC is trying to encroach in there a little bit. But you know. well, isn't it the isn't there a soccer? I think it's because of the soccer stuff, right, or something. I don't know. I thought is it okay? I don't maybe know. I maybe I I don't know. Yeah, I. Oh would say that I'm not yeah here's my thing with Vegas is like it's lost its luster because now I can gamble on sports here yeah I, I don't I don't anticipate the three mock crew being present in full capacity in Las Vegas but uh yeah see we we did big 12 media days because we could just drive to Dallas now yeah. that's like maybe we could drive to Vegas DY you want to take us I mean if you want to drive right? man that was a joke. I, I have no bit. I have no interest in riding in the car with you guys, and you know we would fight too much. We uh, never fight. We would on that long of a drive. We bicker all the time. So I would say, yeah, we bicker. We don't fight. I would say we. Yeah, I, yeah, we bicker. Yeah, John, John more than you, Dy. John takes a lot of shots at me. He's really mean. Constantly calls. Constantly makes jabs, calling my place Antarctica, Spring Hill South. Like like he's got a problem with Spring Hill. By the way, lovely lovely town. I think so. most of our listeners have probably turned it off by now. That's yeah. We're just talking about people like Cole. It, it, look, it's not my fault. You chose to live in Oklahoma, dude. Like I, you know, if you live in Oklahoma, I'm just gonna call it out. I'm not gonna, you know, say that all of a sudden it's Nebraska. It's Oklahoma. Uh, speaking of, I guess you know the game after Nebraska. Uh, four tickets for Wichita State. If you got four tickets uh, for for Cole and I to uh, Wichita State, sliding sliding the DMs, slide the DMs at uh, Jail Kurtz. Uh, on on Twitter, uh, we'll we'll pay too. John, make that clear. We're not looking for handouts. I mean, you might no, be. I'll no. I'll pay. I mean, if someone was willing to just give them to us, I would. Who am I? Who you know? <laughs> Dy's like Dy's like end this shit. I'm tired of listening to you guys. Dy, can I cover the game with you as a stringer? I don't need it. Uh, he doesn't Wait, trust you. Don't you don't think I can do it on my own? Well, I was gonna, I was gonna like write a sidebar story for you, but I guess Cole will just think- cover. Cole will cover the Richard Linton beat. You know, he'll be walking around looking to see if he's there, asking people questions if they've seen him. Um, well, then I better go to. I guess I should be on site in Manhattan then for that game. You know, instead of Kansas City. So, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, I will mercifully get us out of here. We appreciate Nick Springer behind the scenes. We appreciate Ben Holiday Bottled and Bond Bourbon and 360 Vodka from our friends at Holiday Distillery. Please go out and support them. Same with Homefield Apparel. It's homefieldapparel.com, 3mont23 for 15% off your first order there. And we will talk to you all soon. Have a lovely day, and uh, we'll see you on the next edition of 3mont. Take care. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU. 
K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.